Cyber Warrior Network eSports podcast, where we discuss everything cybersecurity and identify talent in technology through eSports. CWN is launching the first cyber eSports league that validates cyber skills and matches players to fill real-world cybersecurity jobs. From 2014 to 2016, Nigel LeBlanc, a United States Air Force veteran, served as the Cyber Veteran Program Manager for the state of Maryland, where he helped veterans launch businesses and careers in cybersecurity. Today, he serves as the founder and CEO of Cyber Warrior Network. In 2020, at DEF CON Red Team Village, a 14-year-old girl placed in the top 25 of her cyber esports tournament. Play well. Get hired. CWN, a league of their own. And now, your host, Nigel LeBlanc. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Nigel LeBlanc, and I am the CEO and founder of CyberWare Network. And I am so thrilled to have such an awesome uh, cast here with me. And we're going to be talking about the Air Force Civil Service and their mission. A um, little bit about myself. I am I'm Air Force. I did uh, 10 active, 10 years active in the last, uh, going on 11 actually, in the reserves. And how I got to cybersecurity was from 2014 to 20, 2016. I served as the cyber veteran program manager for the state of Maryland. And they decided to run an article about, about, hey, you know, we have this veteran program manager. And then once they published it, I was inundated with calls and emails from veterans or people who were um, transitioning out of the military saying, hey, either I'm unemployed or underemployed and I need help connecting uh, with employers. So that was when, you know, the whole cyber town kind of became my mission and to, to, to bridge in that gap. And this is what we do. So uh, ladies, could you start, we'll, we'll start with uh, Dion. Could you start by, by about a 30 second introduction and say where you're located right now, how long you've been with the Air Force and then what's your role? Hello, my name is Dion Dunham. I have been an Air Force civilian service uh, employee over 30 years. I started, I've, I've worked for different organizations. I've worked for the Navy, the Army, the Air Force as a civilian, not in the active duty capacity. So my background consists of HR, security, and things like that. I ended, I have um, since been on the talent acquisition team for about six years, and we recruit for hard to fill positions. And it is an awesome thing to be able to explain or share my experience with the Air Force civilian force and spread the wealth over to people who don't know much about what we do and how we do it. So, Thank you. 30 years, that's a long time. Jessica? Yes. Hi, I'm Jessica Bartley. I have probably over, well, 23 years of a combined Air Force experience amongst different series. I started active duty, and then I got out after seven years. I transitioned into the Air Force Reserve. Then later on, I became what we call Air Reserve Technician, which is a full-time civil service employee who works as a military member. So we still were working full-time during the week, but we were still committed to doing the one week in a month, twice a year. We basically supported all the traditional reservists. A traditional reservist is just the one week 
one week in a month, two weeks a year. I've also was an Air Force Reserve recruiter. I was on active duty for a little bit. And then I got out of that, then came back as a traditional reservist and was hired on with the DOD uh, Air Force. So one of the great things was I was able to buy my time back from my active duty time. So instead of being a civil service employee day one, when I came on, I was a civil service seven years, which comes with a lot of benefits on top of it. I finally retired from the reserve in 2015 and had had many different series, different types of positions, but now I'm a recruiter. Back to the roots that I really loved as an active duty member. And I just love sharing the wealth and knowledge of having been on the other side, trying to be hired to civil service. I understand the challenges. I understand that some of the misinformation that goes out there, but I love educating people and advising people. Well, congratulations on your retirement. I'm not quite there yet. I could retire if I wanted to, but still, still got a little bit. Uh, Melissa, could you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and, and what do you do? So I am currently a cyber operator and a mission planner for the Air Force. I've been a silver federal employment employer since 2015. Before that, I have served in some capacity of cybersecurity since 2005, whether it was like the Navy or as a contractor for the Air Force. So, yeah. Thank you. Lisa. Hello, my name is Lisa Horton. So I'm, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I served, so going on 27 years with the Air Force and with this career field through, I was enlisted, I retired as an officer. And then in uh, 2011, I transitioned to be a civilian in this career field. I'm in a unique position right now where I'm actually managing the career field in terms of, we've got 11,000 civilians in this career field. And so, um, so managing really the career development of, and progression of those civilians and just making sure to provide opportunities to new interns and new recruits and to, to meet our emerging cyber mission needs. So really rewarding career, love talking to people and love getting the word out about how amazing uh, this type of a job is. Thank you. Lori? I am Lori Coleman, and I work currently as talent acquisition uh, consultant there in San Antonio. I've been, I was active duty for 20 years and I did finance. And then when I left out of there, I went back to school and, and went to human resources. And I was a PAC intern for the Air Force 2009 when I started the civil service. So it's been 12 years. And I like what I do. So uh, I like working with people. I know how hard it was for me to, as well to get in as civil service. I had to go back to school. I had, I had to go through the back door, like go through the internship program to get in. So, you know, I try to educate, you know, the younger generation that's coming on. And, and also don't always look at the money. Look at, you know, benefits as well. You know, 401 and, you know, yeah, sometimes you get companies that, give you for don't give you for one but it give you a lot more money but then all your money is going out on benefits so right that you yeah so but yeah love what i do so glad to be here so one thing that's interesting across the board is this longevity right so you know we've devoted so much of our lives are working and doing it and loving it in the military kind of inside of the wire either serving as a civilian or you know both if you could tell me what about the Air Force civil, civil service culture that you love and, you know, what, what keeps you going in every day? And we'll, we'll start with, with Dion and then we'll, yeah. Well, what keeps me going every day? Like I said, I've been doing this for a while. I started because my husband was in the military. Mm -hmm. And so it afforded me to be able to have employment 
every everywhere we move. So there's there's systems in place that help spouses or family members continue to be employed. So that was one of the things that attracted me to civil service. And one of the things that kept me civil service was the fact that I had different positions that I was able to to qualify for because of my experience from the previous job or whatever. So what I do now is a culmination of all those experiences that I've had throughout the years because I I help other candidates or or people who are interested in civil service understand the benefits that we have, how it can fit into your family, and a sense of service. I never joined the military, but I do have a sense of service to this country. So it, you know, you can serve in many different ways by joining the civilian service. Well, I think you hit on, on two key points there. You know, it's always tough for spouses. You know, whenever you know the the military member of the family they move to a different location. It's, it's starting all over again for the entire family, right? And I guess, you know, one, one of the things that, that you just mentioned is, look, you have a secure job regardless of where you guys are shipped to, right? Where is your next duty station, right? And, you know, in the military, everybody's serving. It's not just that military member. You know, the entire family serves. So uh, that, that's a really good example of, you know, having benefits, you know, as part of the, the Air Force Civil Service. So I, I like that point. Jessica, how about yourself? Well, just having been part of the Air Force, it's kind of all I knew, Um, but I did like the camaraderie. I did like uh, the people that I worked with. Of course, working with civilian and military has its, it's different. There's a, it's hard to kind of define it, but it just, the environments, I feel like I like working with military because maybe that's what I've grown with. And I just love the compassion. And because these military members are coming from all over the place, all over the world, they have to gather. Understanding that part when we do work with civilians who live where they live for years and years and years, I try to encourage people to, you know, kind of work together, be together, you know, make sure you, you network and do well. What I did like the most is when I was a reservist, the civil civilian service gave me 120 hours extra of military uh, leave. So when I had to go on military status for two weeks, instead of using my annual leave, I have this little bucket of military leave that I could use. So I was now paid on orders for the military, and I was still continuously getting a check from the, the civilian side. This was awesome because, I mean, that's an extra, you know, however, whatever your rank is, extra right. per year that you're making. Mm-hmm. And they're helping me with that. And I love that because I could just not have to worry about, it was just extra money, like having a second job right. and just making a, and then the perks, of course, I'm still working with the military and then coming off and doing something different with the reserves. I liked, I had a different job, so I right. got to get away. Uh, but then yeah. now the longevity is, I mean, sometimes I want to go out in the corporate, but I've invested so much time. I get to retire in 10 years with the 401k, my civilian retirement. So I just can't walk away from that. And, but I do enjoy what I do. I love, I love my job now, especially. Right. I mean, it, it's it, just like any fraternity, the military is one, right? Regard, regardless if you're in civil service or you're, you wear the uniform, it's one team, one fight. So it's really tough to walk away from, you know, a family literally that you've built up for so long. And so, Melissa, you talked about you are a cyber operator, correct? How yeah. does that translate in terms of, you know, you know, everybody has all mentioned this sense of mission. What how does how, what do you get from that from a, a civilian perspective being on the front lines? 
So we're together, right? So whether it's military leading the whole team or whether it's civilians leading the whole team, we work together. We plan the mission together. We go execute together. We go travel together. We go out to eat together. We go on our free time. We might go out and see a castle in the country that we're at. There is you know, the opportunity to fail for a family that we grow together, right? We look out for each other. We make sure everything is okay. You know, we mentor each other. We lift each other up. I mean, it's it's amazing, right? And I don't think you get the training experience that, you've, that you'll see on the front lines with civilian and uh, military operators because we each bring something to the team. We all have a vast uh, amount of different skills that we work together. So, Lisa, from you, you said you were you retired as an officer, right? You transitioned out as an officer, right? What have you seen? So a lot of people will ask, hey, how do I get into to the military? And, you know, I, I can't make the, the physical qualifications, but I have the sense of service, right? What are the top three to five barriers that you see now? Where, you know, you might find, you know, somebody who may be qualified for the position, but because of those barriers of entry, you know, they can't come on. What should people be looking out for? Well, and absolutely, it would be civilian service. And I, I truly wish I had knew, known more about the civilian side, you know, while I was in the military, because I probably would have advocated a lot more for it. I just didn't know enough about it. But but certainly, as for those people who have that that sense of, you know, and, and like you had said, I mean, that's a definite barrier that you see a lot is the medical qualifications. A lot of people just can't. And they bounce from military to military recruiter, hoping that one of the services will take them. And some people, some people luck out and others do not. And civilian service, you, like, you know, we've already talked about, you're right there with those military members. You're serving right alongside them. You're doing the same thing as them. And, and you know, really the big thing that I love about the military is the diversity. And you get that from the military and the civilian side. You're, you're meeting and working with people from all over the world that have just, you know, and, and you're a team. And, and the opportunities that you can get and the professional development opportunities, they're always there. So it's, it's a definitely, a definitely a, a win-win situation, whether or not you're in the military or not. You can definitely contribute in a different way. Absolutely. Uh, Laurie, you talked about going back to school in order for you to, to, to get into the Air Force Civil Service. Tell us a little bit about your experience and you know what was the, the qualifications and requirement that you had to do well, you had to have a degree within a certain amount of time. You know, you had to have your bachelor's at least. And it couldn't be, well, if you was in the military, you know, it couldn't be more than six years old. If you weren't, it was two. So I went in because I was kind of burned out with finance. I did that for 20 years. So I wanted to do something else. So I knew they're going to look at my experience, which was one of the barriers of getting into civil service is most time they want somebody with some experience. A uh, certain position, you need certifications, you know, or your security clearance or some, you know. So mine were was I didn't have the experience or the education. So that's why I went the route of the education way, went to school and got my master's in human management, mm-hmm. you know. So and that was one of the ways I could get into human resources side of the house is through my through uh, internship program that they put out for recent graduates so and i i use that way to get in so you so you gotta find you gotta be versatile and find avenues to get you know get what you want and what they what you need to get in to whatever position you're looking for so you gotta do the work so uh, and, and anybody can can answer this next question where would somebody find military or you know air force um civilian jobs 
Yeah, is are is on LinkedIn? Is it on Monster? Where do they find that those jobs? Who wants to take it? I'll I'll start. Okay. <laughs> well, we do have our Air Force Air Force Civilian Site dot com. It's AF Careers. Oh my gosh, I just went blank. But we will post it out there for you to register as well. Absolutely. Uh, but Air Force Civilian. Careers. careers yes yes and they're also we have the system that actually shoots them out to linkedin and clearance jobs but our dot com is our main focus you can search the map on the location you're wanting to probably relocate or stay within and see the list of positions that are there so one thing I love about our dot com is, you know, how on other sites you have to search it to find what you're looking for. You can go into our dot com and tell them what you're looking for and where you're looking, where you're looking to live. And they will send you notifications when positions come up that way. So you get notifications. And you don't have to be on, you know, the, the their dot com waiting, you know, looking every night. Boom, you hit your head. You set it up and we will send you notifications of positions that you said you were interested in and the locations you said you were interested in. So say right. for instance, you, you thought one day you wanted to work in Hawaii, but you never, you know, you just wanted to see what they had. You can go and set up a notification to say, I want to be notified of all budget, the computer developer positions that show up in Hawaii. And then they'll ding you every time. And then if you're interested, you're interested. If you're not, you're not. That's one of the beautiful things about our.com. So. so I think that's such a great point because like if you want to travel the world, you know, we're, this is a, and you're not in the military. This is yes. a great place to actually do that. Right. Yeah. I have Absolutely. never been in the military one day and I have been to Netherlands. I have hmm. been to um, Germany. I have been to England. I have been mm-hmm. to, um, Korea. I have been all over the world and I have never been in boots. Well, I have Michael Corbett's, but not. <laughs> so, well, I've traveled all over the world and had a great experience with U.S. Uh, Air Force civilian services. So we have a lot of different, and, and there's so many positions to fill, you know, you know, we're yeah. talking about cyber positions, you know, but we also hire mechanics. We also have chefs. There's uh, it's like over 600 occupations. Yeah, exactly. We we service all kinds of positions. I can talk about Air Force civilian services all day. So, I'm so if I can add on to that, so Nigel, you had asked about barriers. So the other part of that is the individual who doesn't want to see the world that wants to just stay mm-hmm. in their hometown. Maybe there's a base there. Yeah. You know, military, you're going to have to move. Civilian, you're not required to move. So if you have a local base and you want to stay, you know, feet planted, that's the opposite side is you, you can stay uh, as a civilian. So, so we're at DEF CON and... You know, elephant in the room whenever we're talking about a lot of military jobs or occupations is how do I get a security clearance? And, you know, what what is what is security clearance like? What is the investigation? Right. So you guys want to talk a little bit about that uh, as it pertains to actually qualifying and and, and getting into these positions, especially um, within cybersecurity? No, no one wants to talk about the security clearance. Somebody else well, take a turn. 
I mean, I guess the only part that I can comment on that is, you know, it's it's certainly important to document your history. You know, the last 10 years, where you've lived, who you've worked for, who you've associated with, because that's all important information for them to do research on your background. So, so certainly start so capturing addresses and phone numbers and everything else, because they are going to dig. They're going to dig with every, you know, friend, family member, employer, you name it. It's, it's really important. And it's also really important to be honest as well. If, if you've had a traffic ticket, okay. you know, they're going to look. Yeah, they're going to find out. So, so uh, that's the, I would say that's a holdup I've seen with a lot of clearances is the person was, was lied, you know, held some information back because they were afraid mm-hmm. to reveal it. Had they just revealed maybe, uh, you know, inter- negative information that it would have just processed, but it shows lack of integrity when you start lying on your application. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I, I saw it a lot where people didn't want to do the bankruptcy. If they had just provided it, they would have had a discussion about it. Did you take care of it? You know, it, and then it would have gone through, but then they were completely disqualified because they were trying to hide or they felt it wasn't that important. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, you don't have to worry about it either. Right. The, the, your current employer take care of your security clearance. You don't have to worry about it. If, you, if your job needs a security clearance, you know, your employer will take care of it. So. Yeah. You will be Not sponsored like- based off of if a job does require to obtain and maintain a security clearance, whatever the level is, you will be, if they hire you on, they're going to sponsor you. And so you'll kind of get that ball rolling once you're on board. Now, to let you know, some positions are a little bit more to get your hands on. If you if they are going to wait for you to get your clearance, but they need you to be in the position to do the job, I'm going to try to say this very clearly. You can't be paid on the sidelines while they do a security clearance. You know, you have to be able to be placed in a position where they can start the job, where you can have hands on to some type of material. So sometimes if the position is in a secure location and you have to have at least a secret to get into the door, just note that you're going to if they if you have to if they do sponsor you, you may not get paid until you have the clearance to get into the building to do the job. So just be aware of that. But yes, we we sponsor people all the time. That's one of the great things about, you know, the civil services. You know, you you can't buy a security clearance because I've had applicants say, hey, where can I go and buy it or start that process? And I'm like, you can't do that. You have to be sponsored. The company, it's based on the position that you're sitting in or will be sitting in. Right. So one of the things that a lot of people overlook is the the fact that you have to have like credit is a huge um, component of that. Right. That security clearance. And, and, you know, you have to be very mindful of that as well. So, Lisa, you said that you you feel hard to find roles. Right. Tell us maybe your top three open job right now that you're trying to fill. And, you know, what are the characteristics and the qualifications that you look for? And, you know, when you, you consider bringing that person on your team. So Dion may be able to answer this a little bit better than me. I think they probably see more on on that side in terms of of the civilian side. I mean, I would say for us, the hard to fill, though, typically is locations. We have a lot of locations that are a little bit harder to fill to find that right skill set because some of our cyber jobs do require, you know, maybe a CISSP or um, a certain level of certification or acquisition type training. So, So I would say it's from what we see mostly, it's either a certification issue or it's a it's a location issue. But I defer to the the civilian recruiters if, if they see something different. Please go ahead. Yeah. Well, our top three roles that I see is is like software engineer, computer engineer, and computer science. That's 
that's uh, the top three roles that currently in cyber that we're needing in the Air Force. So. And it also goes down to this, you know, reading the announcement and understanding what they're looking for. I have a position that in San Antonio that they need Salesforce experience in, mm-hmm. you know, the, the behind the scenes. And that's been a very difficult position for us, you know, us to fill based on we just you, we, they need someone to be boots on the ground is basically what we say, especially when they're term positions. They need someone to have the experience. Say, hey, here it is. Go go at it. That's why reading the announcement and understanding what the experience that's needed for that position is so important and making sure you put that in your resume. So I can't, I cannot stomp that. We'll probably go into a little bit more resume writing. I hope we come back to that because I think all of us can provide a little bit of insight on what that looks like federal versus corporate resumes. Yeah, so we'll definitely touch on that. At CWN, what we do is essentially we've created this Call of Duty for Ethical Hackers, right? It's a it's a really cool uh, video game. But while p- people play the game, we validate their knowledge, skills, and abilities, right? So that's just kind of like the education and skills portion of it. You know, past the resume, um, what 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 are you guys looking for? Like what's, what's usually the decision factor in terms of, you know, uh, what we've heard from a lot of hiring managers is that, you know, somebody who has the, the ability to, to learn quickly, or, you know, they're looking to grow and, and constantly wanting to learn. So, you know, we, we can just go around the room here, you know, what are the things that you're looking for when you want to bring people on? Well, in particular, like computer scientists, I'm looking for a degree in computer science. You know, with, you know, and I go by, of course, their GPA a little bit. You the higher the, you know, the better, the higher the GPA, because then, you know, they're they're willing to learn and they're usually pretty quick learners. So if they can, you know, get the education done and get a, you know, high GPA, then, you know, they pay attention to detail. So I look for that before I submit resumes up. I look to make sure they have the experience or the education requirements to do the position and you know, sometimes the hiring manager wants someone with, you know, a few years experience. So you got to, you know, whatever the hiring manager is looking for, for that particular role, you that's, that's what we look out for. I would add on too. So I think, you know, obviously we're always looking for the aptitude and the willingness to learn, but also innovation. I think that's a big thing in the mm, air. Yes. Looking for innovative ideas. And so, especially when you talk to these people, are they, are they wanting to, to put new ideas out there and willing to kind of push push the envelope a little bit because we're always looking to do things different. Um, and especially that's a great thing coming from industry. Sometimes industry, you know, comes with some really, really cool things that they've done. And so to bring it into the air force and, and maybe vice versa, maybe the air force can, can provide stuff to industry, but there's a lot to learn there and a lot to develop. Yeah. You know, we're, we're coming up on, on it's crazy. I didn't even think an hour it passed, right. We could talk about this right. forever. So Final thoughts here. I think you 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 brought in a really good point when you talk about innovation, right? You know, from the federal side, I think your guy your your job is ten times harder because you're competing against industry that is paying way more than what the federal government can do. So we talked about a sense of mission. You know, what what are the innovative ways that you guys are actually you know going out there and filling the, the this, this gap, competing in you know against the Googles of the world? You know. What are you guys doing for that? Mostly educate. I mean, it's it depends on the applicant I'm, t- I'm talking to. Yes, the corporate world does pay more. However, are they providing you medical, dental, vision benefits? How much are those 
benefits costing you. They're very affordable in the civil service. And you have so many different companies you can choose from when you initially come on. We have 11 paid holidays off that they just pay us. It's free days. We have a 401k. We have a retirement plan internally. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is, you know, compared to the corporates, once you start adding all that extra money, if you don't have medical, so I know some people are paying $300 a month and I only pay for my family, I think maybe 70 or $100 a month. And then my dental is like $10 and my vision is like maybe $8 a month. So, and I have amazing vision because all of us are blind. So we all need glasses. So it's a constant update. So, and that's important. I mean, I, right. I don't know if y'all bought glasses lately, but if your vision's going, you better have good insurance. But then, you know, it's, and we also offer some, some units have overtime, you know, they're going to compensate you for your time. It's not just salary based. Again, physically, annually. Some, so some what, what I'm hearing. Uh, annual leave and you got to take your sick leave with the annual leave. So. And plus yeah. some organizations offer bonuses to be signed on, you know, depending if you're a current employee or a brand new, there's these different incentives that we can pay you more when you open the, you know, in the door. So we do try to offer the relocation, the bonuses, but it's based on the organization having the funding to provide that. But we try to encourage them to definitely provide that those bonuses because if you want to fill your position and you're competing with corporate, you got to find a way to get those funds. Right. And, you know, just from a quality of quality of life perspective, right. When you look at the, you know, the, the big picture, you know, those things matter, right. You know, even being in the military, you know, I don't have to, you know, Hey, I just tell my supervisor or, you know, my team, Hey, I have an appointment. I'm going to go handle that. And I know the rest of the team got our back and, you know, we don't have to go through through the bureaucracy of, you know, you know, applying for leave and all of that. So there's tons of benefits in, you know, being a, a civilian in the Air Force. And then then again, you get, you know, you get to see cool stuff, go cool places and, you know, have that sense of service. So I think in closing for anybody out there at DEF CON is thinking about getting um, a job in cybersecurity. We have some roles that you guys need to fill and we will fund them your your way really quickly before before um, we leave. Uh, how can people find you guys online and what, what's the preferred platform? AirForceCivilianServices.com. And the information for different programs that we offer, we have a uh, hot map so you can look at positions that we have available. And you can also reach us personally through LinkedIn. We have different different avenues to reach us through LinkedIn and communicate with us that way. Yeah, and so, please reach out on LinkedIn. I, I love when people do connect with me because I can have that one-on-one time to have a discussion with you because... I, well, you know, if I don't have an answer, at least find you an answer or find someone who can help you with that. We still have to have another conversation again. The whole uh, how to reach out, the etiquette on LinkedIn, how to set up a LinkedIn profile. That's that's a whole hour by itself. So, oh, yeah. uh, ladies, thank you so, so much for uh, sharing your experience, telling the audience, you know, why it is a great decision to join the Air Force Civil Service. And we look forward to working with you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the CWN Esports Podcast. Check us out on CyberWarriorNetwork.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.